Hello, I'm Mark Rako, CEO of Mouth Media Network. We play a role in helping businesses grow and succeed. We produce business-to-business podcasts and podcast-formatted internal communication solutions for enterprise brands. While our studio is fully operational, like many, I'm working and recording this from home. And at this moment in the time of the COVID-19 or coronavirus pandemic, and now national emergency, growing and succeeding in business has become more difficult for almost everybody and a formidable challenge for many business leaders. This is a tough time, and in the spirit of we're all in this together, we at Mouth Media assembled some experts to cover a few key issues business leaders are likely to encounter as a result of the coronavirus emergency. In this episode, we take a look at on-demand or gig workers, such as delivery fleets. Who better to provide perspective than Vice President of Public Policy and Strategic Communications at Postmates and a former Obama White House Senior Advisor, Vikram Iyer. He takes a moment with us from the Postmates offices in San Francisco. Vikram, I really appreciate you taking time. I know that you are just almost literally scrambling right now everywhere. You are in so such demand because this is a an issue in motion. And this kind of caught you guys a little bit sooner than a lot of other businesses. Gig workers, they are used by businesses. They are businesses. Uh, restaurants rely on them. A lot of companies rely on them for delivery as well as being delivered to. Uh, and then a business like Postmates, there's just so many businesses who rely on you to help get their goods and services to people. And now with more people hiding out in their homes uh, in reaction to this crisis, you guys may be needed more than ever. How are you reacting to this additional need for you and at the same time one could say the caution that you need to take on to protect your workers i think first and foremost uh, it's about prioritizing the health and safety of our entire marketplace uh you're right there are a lot more individuals we we broadly suspect working from home um, either because companies have encouraged uh, remote work policies or for frankly, for from even more challenging circumstances, businesses are just being shuttered um, or being impacted from on-premise engagement, which is reducing the number of hours that anything from a bar to a local coffee shop may maintain, and that's impacting workers as well. So it's a really tough situation. It's obviously a dynamic situation that's changing in real time, and and we want to take the step of how can we actually prioritize their health while also playing a very unique role as an on-demand app that you know connects the dots between merchants in your neighborhood and customers and couriers that make the delivery in a meaningful way, but also in a safe way. So how do you do that? What are some of the considerations that you've had and the steps that you've put in place that perhaps other business leaders can uh, keep in mind about uh, members of, of their you know, their employees who are out and about in order to make their business function. Yeah, it's so we've we've kind of t- attacked this from maybe three lenses. One, the product itself, the Postmates app, 
Uh, second, how we can actually help buoy local businesses um, and the sort of restaurant corridors that really need our support at this moment in time. Um, and then three, how we actually support um, our frontline workers, our, our fleet is what we refer to it as here at Postmates of on-demand workers who are fulfilling these deliveries. Um, so, so let me start with the first point. Uh, you know, we noticed that as the CDC issues guidance, uh, preventative measures to make sure that you're cleaning your hands, you're washing down tables, um, et cetera, it also means that minimizing contact can help minimize spread. And so that's not going to mean that no one can touch someone. Obviously, a father might kiss their, uh, you know, their little one on the cheek. But in the case of moving food and moving goods, um, we actually were among the first in the industry to reveal a non-contact delivery feature in the app. That means a customer can actually signal um, to for any order that they would like their items left at the door um, or left in a lobby just to sort of minimize that spread and sort of meet kind of this growing social distancing guidance that we're getting both from federal lawmakers and, and um, public health officials as well as city-based ones locally in our neighborhoods. But then we, we think about those neighborhoods and we start to consider how merchants are impacted if more people are working from home and if less people are dining out or, or you know, um, soliciting their, their favorite neighborhood haunts, then that means that on-demand platforms like Postmates can play a really unique role at this time. And I think this is really important because this isn't about a business fulfillment opportunity for our company, but this is the business that we're in connecting the dots between something that's in your neighborhood, not from an outside warehouse, um, a scent, a taste, a tool you need from a hardware store, diapers you need from a, a local health and wellness store, uh, directly to your doorstep. And we know that there's a huge need for that now, but we also want to make sure that merchants who maybe typically haven't used on-demand delivery in the same way or were nervous about it or it just wasn't a fit for them, they're increasingly looking to these models. And if they, they want to experiment, we want to make sure we're doing so in an economically viable way for them right now. So we actually just launched a pilot program um, on the West Coast that would help onboard merchants into our delivery platform um, that would also make sure that we're waiving all restaurant fees that we charge them. Um, so that way there's no commission that we're taking out of the order. It's just pure revenue for them. Um, we think that this is an important part to, to sort of um, help buoy their stores as we think about a, a decline in on-site foot traffic. And we're constantly talking to mayors um, in, in, and city council members and restaurant associations in multiple regions around the country about how to scale this up from just a pilot on the West Coast um, to other regions in the country and the impacted states, particularly those states that have declared states of emergencies. Uh, and then, of course, the third piece of the puzzle for us is the fleet of on-demand workers. You know, we call them Postmates, but I do think that there is this broader national conversation around independent workers, the ability to sign up. And if you're out of um, work right now, or if your coffee shop is keeping lower hours, it is very easy for you to sign up and, you know, drive for our platform like Postmates. But then you also have to consider that with that flexibility, traditionally in this country, those workers haven't had the exact same safety net as other workers that might be fully employed. Now, we have at Postmates been pushing for legislative outcomes in multiple markets to try and build that safety net for this type of very unique work. But now is not the time for politics. So we're not focused just on those um, negotiations we're having around gig workers. We are focused right now on executing what we have called the Postmates 
Postmates um, Emergency Fleet Relief Fund. And this means that two categories of Postmates can get economic support during this time. The first category is if you if you have a cough, if you if you've got a, a notion around some concern that you want to just get checked out or you want to pay for a medical expense, um, you can apply for this fleet relief fund if you're in one of the impacted states and will help uh, place money directly to your Postmates health savings account. And then a separate population, if you are confirmed with the diagnosis of COVID-19 um, and or you've been quarantined, um, then we'll also work with you to verify that information and ensure that you are given uh, two weeks, at least two weeks of, of a sort of pay, a paid sick leave equivalent, a paid sick leave stipend that can be credited to your account to sort of off, uh, offset the, the income loss that you may have otherwise received while you're in that quarantine quarantine period. I'll, I'll end, Mark, by saying that whether we're focusing on small businesses, whether we're creating this fund, um, whether we're creating new product tweaks, um, at the end of the day, we are trying to build new products that can help our communities in real time. So we're not allowing perfect to be the enemy of the good here. We're shipping these items out the door as soon as we can get them online here within our company and work within you know, you know the tireless Postmates employees to, to help make this a reality. But we do remain in touch with um, federal lawmakers, local lawmakers, civil society, groups around the country who are looking to on-demand platforms for help to figure out, can we iterate on this, these concepts? Can we build even more or can we tailor make some experience of these marketplace platforms um, to really target the needs of a specific community? How are you seeing the response from these gig workers that and this is going to not just go for delivery people. It's going to be for a lot of different types of gig workers out there that are are just not going to say, you know what, it just isn't worth it to me to fulfill my job obligations here because of my health. And are you seeing an erosion of your workforce? Are you seeing that it's not impacting it at all? Are you seeing that your the uh, safety precautions, Vikram, have been enough to satisfy your workforce? You know, I, I this is something that all of us, um, whether you're a, a tech company right now or you're a local laundromat um, or you operate an airline, all of us are in this together. And what we're yeah. trying to do is figure out how we can best protect the fleet, how we can best protect our, our communities and our merchants that, that facilitate sales on this platform and how we can do so safely. That, that is the only lens through which we look at this. And so the key here um, that we're going to examine is the CDC guidance within the United States as a, as a platform that operates domestically um, and make sure that any steps or actions that we take are evolving and heeding that guidance in real time. You've, you've told me offline that there, you've been doing a lot of work with governmental agencies. You, you hinted at the discussions you've had with mayors and you've been watching how things are coming out of the CDC and so forth. But what other kinds of conversations is this starting to generate as you look forward and say, look, this isn't even just about this moment. This is going to change something. This is going to transform something. It's going to give, it's going to change our economy or it's going to change supply and demand or it's going to, what is that bringing up in these conversations and the, the need for legislative changes or, um, or anything? Yeah, I mean, so a couple of things. One, it it is an extraordinary moment that we're in. I I do feel that 
in the, many of us are lucky to have remote work policies in place, either because we, we feel fully employed or we have the resources to do it. But there are a lot of workers out there that don't have a disaggregated workforce through, through those means. Um, nurses, for example, uh, people that are at your local um, coffee shop, people like our Postmates fleet that are out there on the front line making delivery work, uh, deliveries, first responders, um, firefighters, police officers. So I think we we have to understand that even though there are more people retreating and and heeding safe uh, social distancing guidance that many cities and states are bringing about, there are also a lot of individuals that, that are out there that feel they need to be out there and who sort of moment of riding, rising to the occasion maybe kind of mandates that they're out there. And I think some of the dialogue that we're having with lawmakers at the regional level is how do we protect and defend those populations? The second kind of bend of that is, uh, you know, keeping an eye on Congress. There is a piece of legislation that Speaker Pelosi and the Treasury Department are are aligning around. And we're hopeful that workers, not just hourly workers or employees, but even independent contractors will be protected by sick leave credits or unemployment insurance expansions. So I think that's an important um, area to watch as Congress continues to take multiple bites at the apple. And I would ensure everybody that if they feel like their community, their business or their neighborhood uh, could use additional federal relief, just because there's a press conference and the president passes and signs one bill doesn't mean that's the only swing that they're going to take. So I think continuing to nudge lawmakers on what you want to see is going to be important. And then the third and final uh, piece, really going to be public-private partnerships. To really get to the heart of your point, Mark, we are witnessing that commitments made by Kaiser Permanente in California to stand up drive-through COVID testing sites where you don't even have to get out of your car to get a test, all the way to the insurance agencies or insurance industry, sorry, trying to make sure that more of their products can be easily used and applied to COVID-related expenses um, to companies like uh, Postmates or companies um, like Airbnb that are trying to figure out unique ways in which they can use the superpower of their products to support a city's needs. I think getting directives from those communities is going to be key, and we're going to have to watch both how not only companies step up, but but where government um, can can ensure that they have the room and the regulatory freedom to step up. So, uh, Vikram, if uh, if we had a playbook for businesses on how to navigate the coronavirus from a business perspective for business leaders, uh, and you had an entry in that playbook that had to do with this discussion, what would you give them as what they should be thinking about in the way they use gig workers uh, and the way, perhaps the way they employ gig workers? I mean, first and foremost, um, I think any company right now needs to uh, stand shoulder to shoulder with their with their fleet. Um, and make sure that if they use an on-demand workforce that um, they're taking steps to look out for them. That's going to vary company by company based off of what the form of work it is that they're doing. Are they um, the type of on-demand worker that goes into people's homes? Are they the type that you know um, move people around in their cars? Or are they moving goods in a city? And I think benchmarking where the exposure might be um, can then help you design 
products or features or new policies that help support them. That's how we understood that if we are engaging in in, in person-to-person contact um, with, with goods and food, then minimizing that contact could be useful. If your organization is facilitating um, a specific type of interaction with the community that the CDC is warning against, then that might result in income loss. So making sure that there's a way to give them a safety net might be another way to think about it. Um, stepping back, however, I do think that this country has had a, a pretty um, robust debate in the last few years about this form of work and how to protect it and how to raise standards. Now would not be the time for anyone to take a position around these platforms that would actively try and handicap or stall these platforms from working the way they do. Because if you were to switch the business model as certain states and certain lawmakers have called for and and wipe out the ability for someone who's at home right now who really needs an extra income stream to hop on this platform by downloading an app and getting paid out in 55 minutes, if you were to change that right now, then you definitely would not only hurt those earning opportunities, you would hurt the cities that need the, the the extension of the sales from that restaurant locally to help support its ways. So I say all of that not to be political, but to say that if you're looking at your community, let's not focus on the politics of each company and, and the normal sort of course of the political challenges you might face between an on-demand platform and your political perspectives. Let's instead give the space for the city and that tech platform to work together so that way we can continue to operate the business that helps the community, but also find inventive ways to, to get the backs of those workers. All right. Uh, Vikram Iyer, Vice President of Public Policy and Strategic Communications at Postmates. Can't thank you enough for taking some time and uh, good luck with everything you're navigating over there. And uh, please stay well and safe. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for listening. I hope there was value in this podcast episode, which you can take to your business. We'd love to know your feedback and anything else you'd like to hear about. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and on Twitter at Mouth Media Shows. You can also find us at MouthMediaNetwork.com. For now, a big thank you to all of the experts who have joined us on this podcast series. And from all of us at Mouth Media, we hope you will be safe healthy, and that you and your business will weather this health emergency successfully. I'm Mark Rako. This podcast is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. The opinions heard may not necessarily represent those held by Mouth Media Network, open source business, or anyone associated. Music.